Amos shows us God finally getting fed up with Israel. Punishment is decreed. As part of it, there will be a famine. Not of food, but of word from God. God will punish Israel by his silence, by his withdrawal. Israel has ignored God. It will be punishment just for God to return the favor. Well, what's so bad about that? Think about what it would be to get a message from God if there is a God. Well, first think about how we should think about there being a God at all. Imagine you're looking at the night sky. It's clear. Thousands of stars twinkle at unimaginable distances. Then suddenly you become aware, never mind how, that the universe is looking back. You haven't smoked anything. There were no magic mushrooms for dinner. It really is looking back. It's huge. When it burps, that's the Big Bang. It could crush you like an insect without even noticing it had done so. It's the ocean on whose surface you are barely a ripple. You can't get away from it. Wherever you go, you're still inside it. Worse, it's still inside you. Every bit of you belongs to it, came from it, will return to it. Do you want something that big and dangerous to know that you're there? You don't know its intentions. Maybe you'd be safer if it didn't notice you, but too late, it's seen you. To me, that's scary. If there is a God, God dwarfs the universe even more than the universe dwarfs you. The Big Bang isn't even a burp to him. He could crush you with a thought. You can't get away from him. Wherever you go, he is still inside you. Every bit of you belongs to him, came from him, will return to him. If you become aware that God notices you, you should be terrified. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's what, that's what it says. My version is, if you don't understand that the Lord is scary, you don't begin to understand what the Lord is. Let's go back to your blind date with the universe. It's seen you. Now, a gigantic mouth appears in the night sky, and there's a bass rumble like all the speakers in a death metal hell. If you haven't heard death metal, be glad. Uh, it's talking. It's telling you what it thinks of you. It wants something from you. It will help you if you do it. Better not even think of what will happen if you don't. That's about as important a message as you could get. If there is a God, a message from God would be bigger and more important to just the factor that God is bigger and more important than the universe. It would be communication from the heart of reality, telling you how things really are, never mind how you think they are, and what is really worth doing, never mind what you think is worth doing. Suppose you'd always had that. If suddenly it was gone, you'd give a lot to get it back. You might even, as the prophet puts it, wander from one end of the, end, from one end of the land to the other looking for it. Now, many of us don't worry about such things these days. But many others of us still do wander from one end of the land looking for something. We seek it in philosophy, in vague spirituality, in politics. What we look for 
is a certain message from the heart of reality. This is the way things are, and this the path to take in light of it. We may not believe there is a Lord to give us a word, but we are still looking for the word of the Lord. Those who don't, don't care whether there is a right path to take. There was a famine of the word for 400 years after the prophet Malachi. No prophet spoke. Then there was a new sort of word from God. Jesus was the word of God, the word who was God. God from God, true God from true God, as we hear in the creed. But he didn't look like it. He looked like an ordinary first century Judean Jew. He spoke the language of his time, Aramaic, perhaps some Greek. And he would not do anything for those who asked him to prove that he was the Messiah, let alone prove a claim to divinity. When those seeking proof approached him, he would not do a miracle, even if he had just been doing them for others. He only told them about a sign yet to come, what he called the sign of Jonah, resurrection from the belly of the earth. But even that was not something he showed to the general public. He appeared only to those who had already had some measure of faith in him. And during his ministry, if you approached him, not seeking proof, but believing he could help you and simply asking for help, he healed you, or he raised your brother from the dead. And he would say that your faith had healed you, that by approaching him with faith, you had fulfilled the condition for him to display his divine power to you. The Bible, we read, is also the word of God. But it doesn't look like it. It looks like an ordinary book. It speaks the language of its time. And if you approach it, asking it to prove that it is the word of God, it will not do it. Skeptical Bible scholars make various claims about its composition with great glee and usually with even greater publicity. Well, both their philosophical assumptions and their arguments deserve a lot more skepticism than the press usually give them. But the bottom line is that scholars who confidently announce that it is only a human book are like medics who give Jesus a physical, see that he has a heart, two lungs, etc., and confidently announce that he's only a man. He is a man, yes, but that's the wrong approach to seeing whether there is more to him than that. In the same way, scripture scholarship, as now practiced, is the wrong approach to seeing whether there is more to the Bible than that. For that matter, if you look carefully, you generally see that the claim that it is only a human book has been supposed at the outset. It's no great feat to prove a conclusion you first assumed. Asking the Bible to prove its credentials by the sort of things skeptical scholars do is like asking Jesus to prove his divinity. He wouldn't show you, nor will the Bible. That's not the way to learn whether the Bible is more than a human book. You could approach Jesus with faith, and he would heal you. Or you could approach him as one father did on behalf of his epileptic son. I believe, help thou mine unbelief. He would still heal you, if you took the first step of faith toward it, however tentative your belief or incomplete your understanding of in whom or what you were believing. Approach the Bible with tentative, incomplete faith or even just an openness to faith. Perhaps nothing special will happen. But read it with a mind open to faith, try to understand it sympathetically, begin to try and live by it, 
and you may well learn what it is to hear the word of the Lord.